You're listening to a podcast of This Positive Life, the body.com's growing collection of first-person stories from people living with HIV. Welcome to This Positive Life. Thank you. I guess we'll start at the beginning. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed on November 23rd, 1991. Wow, it's amazing you still remember the exact date. Yeah, it's a part of the celebration of my life, so I have two birthdays. I cut a cake when it's November 23rd, and I celebrate that I'm surviving. I imagine you saw a lot of people die in those years. That was before treatment was available. Yeah, unfortunately, I I just recently lost a friend, actually, two weeks ago. Was this another person who had had HIV for a very long time? Yes, I think since 1986. Wow. Yes, unfortunately, she had cancer, too, and, and they were doing chemotherapy. And it didn't go too well. So tell me what what it was like in 1991 to be diagnosed with HIV. 1991. I was diagnosed. I was 21 years old. And they told me back then that I had one year to live. I really thought it was the end of my life. What was your CD4 count? Do you remember? Let me think. This has been a long time. No, you know, the only last number I can remember is 600, maybe after, a few years after that. So it was pretty high. Yes. So even though they gave you a bad prognosis. Yeah, but, you know, they gave me that diagnosis because they assume, well, HIV means dead, so you're going to die regardless. They just didn't know a lot about it, I, I would think. How do you think you were infected back then? I, I know I was infected. My fiancé in that time, I met him and I asked him if he was positive or he ever tested and he said, yes, I'm negative. And then I started to have a lot of yeast infections for a whole year, vaginal infections and the doctor thought that I had cancer. And he said, go and get tested for cancer, do a biopsy, because I'm sure you have cancer, and do HIV just to rule it out. And uh, biopsy came out negative, and HIV test came out positive. And uh, when I went home and I told him, he said, I knew I was going to take someone with me. I never thought it was going to be you. He knew all along he had it. And what did you do? You know, I <laughs> reacted to it. Because it didn't hit me until later on. I still was going to marry him for a few reasons. I didn't think anyone was going to accept me with HIV. And I was in love with him. And my heart doesn't know how to hate someone. And the week before the wedding, I found him with someone else in bed. And he passed it to her, too. You found out later from her? No. The week before the wedding, I walked in in our apartment. And he was with her in bed. And I found out later on from someone else that she had it. I guess you broke off the wedding. Yes, I did. When you saw them together. And he passed away two years later. He left a big trail behind him. Yeah, he kind of did. So what happened then? What a dramatic way to end a relationship and to go through something. You know, it was really hard because that first year I really struggled a lot. We were going to get married right away after we were diagnosed. And then this happened. Then... I was with my mother in her house, and she had to do everything for me because I said, well, I'm going to die in a year anyways. And she had to feed me because I was so depressed that my mind threw me in bed. And what happened is someone from church passed around that took me to a retreat, and I felt that God healed my soul, and I got up. How long was this after? The year passed. After the year? Yeah. When you first were diagnosed, who did you tell? Well, I told him first because, of course, he's my partner, and then my mother. Was he much older than you? Eight years older. And wh- when you told your mother, what did she say? My mother is a very religious person. And when I told her, you know, I was trying to be calm, telling her everything was going to be okay. And I remember I had to step down. And when I came back, 
everything. The house was all over the place, like she was in range. But she was calm, and she said, we're going to be okay. And, and it's been a learning process since then. She's been okay because I'm okay. <laughs> Did you go to any doctor after you were diagnosed? After I was diagnosed, it took me a while to accept my diagnosis, and I got retested six times. And I went from New York to Puerto Rico, New York to Puerto Rico six times because I, I thought something somewhere they were doing something wrong. So where did you get tested, in New York or Puerto Rico? The first test was in Puerto Rico. So what was this relationship, were you living in Puerto Rico at the time? Yes, I was. And how did your fiancé get HIV, by the way? You know that there were so many different behaviors. To this day, I'm not sure. He um, he used to use drugs a long time before I met him. Before I met him a long time ago, and he had tracks on his arms and every and everything. I didn't know if it was from that. And he was in prison, so I don't know if he had sex with men in prison because he was there a long time. And he used to do stuff in the streets. So I don't know if women would come and do you know sexual favors to get stuff from him. I didn't know any of those behaviors when I met him. You found out later. Later on. <laughs> How long did it take you to go see a doctor? I would say I went, you know, I went at the beginning, and then after that, I didn't go. I mean, I, I take care of myself now, but in that time, I, I, I kind of blocked some of the time out, so I cannot pinpoint if I used to go all the time, because then I moved to New York, and then when I was there, I saw a doctor for a little bit, but that was it. When did you start treatment? Actually, I'm not on treatment. Oh, you never took treatment? No. I, I don't take medications. I was diagnosed with AIDS two years ago because my T cells went down. They came back up. I never take a medication. I never had a symptom. I do holistic things. So are you in any long-term studies of people who don't progress very much? Yes, I have been. I'm not anymore, but I was in a research study with the University of Miami. Why do you think it's important to be public about living with HIV? For, for me personally, it's important because it's part of my healing that's what helps me to keep going, knowing that someone hopefully is, is listening and they won't get infected. I think that's very important. I go a lot to schools and talk to the kids and to whoever I talk to, actually. It helps me. It, it might sound like a selfish reason. <laughs> no, but it helps them, too. So. Yeah, I mean, it helps me to help them, of course. Yeah, that, that's my medicine right there. When you say you do holistic things, what kind of things do you do? I take Chinese herbs. I have a hypnotherapist. I get hypnotized once a month. We visualize my T-cells going up, the virus going down. I do a lot of meditation. I'm in a regimen of supplements and vitamins. What kind of supplements and vitamins? I take ester C, omega-3, selenium, B-complex prenatals, seaweed pills. I know I'm missing a few. So how did you arrive at this? I mean, how do you educate yourself about HIV? I don't like to read or nothing like that. I, I moved here to Florida almost 10 years ago, and I started volunteering on a center that I was a client for. And volunteering, getting involved in activities, I learned more about it, and then I started working it. And that's how I learned more. So what center was this where you were a client? We used to have it. They closed already, but we used to have Center One. It was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Besides your mom, have you told other people? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's been a, a long time, and, and slowly she's been telling her family, herself, and uh, yes, I tell, tell the people. Is she living in Puerto Rico? Or in... Yes, she lives in Puerto Rico. How accepted is it to be HIV positive in Puerto Rico? It is not. <laughs> I don't know now, but it was horrible then. How was it horrible? I was um, making fun of. I was pushed to the side. I was left behind on dates. What do you mean, left behind? I go out on a date and tell the person, you know, just, by the way, I want to let you know I have HIV. I will have to take a taxi home. They would just... They leave me behind. 
walk away from you. Yes. They run away, not walk. <laughs> they run away. But you kept on going out on dates? You were very brave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You, you know, I, I always thought, and I had, I had the great opportunity to meet great people and have great relationships. And they didn't know anything about HIV when they met me and they were willing to learn because they got to know me for who I am. And that gave me the opportunity to teach them. So not, not all the men ran? No, most of them. Most of them ran. Okay. Not all of them. <laughs> so the good ones, we could say, stuck around. Yeah, I will say the open-minded ones, the, the smart ones that, that want to learn about it, yes. Wow. So, <laughs> you, you, so you got very strong. You know, you have to because, I mean, no one likes rejection. And, and I'm not going to lie, I will cry and I will not understand it. But, you know, you, after so many years, you have to learn that it's not about you. It's just they don't know about the virus. Because I'm just like anyone else. I just have an illness that has no cure. Right. And you got tested and maybe they didn't. Exactly. Maybe they were running away because they were scared about something they did in the past and they don't know how to face it. So do you think there's a lot of discrimination in Puerto Rico? I, I think everywhere, not only Puerto Rico. I think everywhere that there's still a lot of stigma, a lot of discrimination. People don't want to learn about this disease. I really don't know why. I think they're scared to, to face their own behaviors. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you regarding discrimination? I can tell you a small story, but I can tell you the first time I disclosed, and I don't know if this, this will be discrimination, but the first time I disclosed, it was two years after I was diagnosed, and I was doing some things that I was not supposed to do because I was in the streets doing stuff. And I remember this guy and I, we kissed, and he pulled a gun in my head because he thought I gave him HIV through kissing. And I really thought that moment that I was going to die, I would pull it in my head. And, you know, I had to come down, and, and we talked. And, and what happened is that he had done some things in the past, and he was looking someone to blame. He He got petrified. And that's the worst thing that happened to me, I think. Besides the point that, you know, maybe some friends that the parents wouldn't, at that point, you know, I was so young, the parents wouldn't allow them to hang out with me because I had HIV and they thought they'd get it. Or if I was drinking from a cup and they knew I had HIV, they'd throw the cup away. They wouldn't touch the cup right in front of me. This was when uh, when you were living in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Well, you said you were doing something on the street. That uh, Could you tell me a little bit about that? No. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we all have a past. <laughs> It was just doing stuff, you know, you're young and you're silly and you follow people, and that's part of it. How old were you when you moved to the United States? Well, I was always back and forth. I was diagnosed, and I stood in Puerto Rico maybe another two years, then I went to New York, and I was there for a few years, then I went back, and now I've been here 10 years in Florida. Uh -huh. So you're happy in Florida? I'm super happy. <laughs> I live in Deerfield Beach, closer to Boca Raton. I work in Miami. Have you been able to form a community and find lots of people that you could talk with? You know, I've been really blessed because before that center closed, I got to meet a lot of people. And I have no family here in Florida, but I have in my circle friends, my closest friends. I have 30 of those people that you can call anytime. I'm really, really blessed. I, I have 30 of those. <laughs> and, you know, if I need them, if I just need to vent, they're always there. That's great. Yeah. I think that's really important, you know, your support system is what's going to get you through this. Of course, your faith, because without my faith, I can do nothing. I'm very spiritual. My support system is um, it's great. What do you think is the hardest thing about living with HIV? Breaking with the stigma. It's hard. You know, when I go and teach, I ask first, you know, how a person looks and how can you tell when someone has HIV and you still hear those things about you can see sores 
or the kids will say, you can see pink lips or, you know, red eyes or something. I, I think the stigma is terrible. And do you think it's worse in the Hispanic community or is it the same? I used to say it was the same. But then I got to work more with the Hispanic community here in Miami, and, and I think it's worse. Some people pass by the table where we have information. They don't want to even go to see what it is about because they see the word HIV. And I think it's because of the taboo. And, and, and I don't know nowadays, but back, back in the day when I got infected, we never talked about sex. We never talked about condoms. We never talked about anything. And that's why I ended up getting infected. So I, I think it's because they don't talk about it. And you think that, you know, talking about HIV is forcing them to speak about things that were formerly taboo. Of course, because then you have to talk about sex. And then you got to talk about behaviors. Maybe, I don't know, maybe my parents don't want to know, you know. My mom never talked to me about sex. So what is the most important thing HIV has taught you? Wow. <laughs> you know, it turned my life upside down. I, I don't take anything for granted. I, I I live like I'm a child. <laughs> Every little thing, like like yesterday I was walking on the beach and I saw a dolphin from far. i never seen a dolphin in my life. <laughs> and I looked like a little kid because I was so excited. Little things make my day. So you're excited to be alive? I'm excited even to wake up, <laughs> yes. So is that why you have two birthdays? <laughs> I think that I had to find a way to turn this horrible thing, this negative thing into positive. And I have a choice. I can sit there and cry and let this thing eat me alive. Or I can just celebrate my life and beat it. And that was my choice. So what would you advise somebody who's just diagnosed? That's really hard to do. When I was diagnosed positive, the, the person that was positive came into the room and I didn't, I didn't care what she was saying because it was not her, it was me. But I realized that there's hope. There's life after HIV. You know, your life doesn't stop. I mean, for me, my life began. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I changed my life around. It sounds also like you grew up very quickly. I had to. <laughs> Even though, you know, I like to act like I'm 18. <laughs> that way I can try to look like 18. But <laughs> I, uh, you have to face it. If, if you embrace it, the sooner you embrace it, the sooner you will really live life and enjoy it. Because you had such a bad experience at the beginning, did you purposely seek out positive people? Actually, no. After that happened to me at the beginning, when I disclosed, everybody that I dated was negative until I moved here. 1999, the first person I dated was positive, and then after that, they were all negative. I was so fed up of disclosing, and, and I was just tired of being rejected. When I came here at the beginning, when I moved to Florida, I remember I went to a women's group. And the first thing this lady said, you know, I've been diagnosed for a year, and I don't think I'm ever going to date again, and I'm never going to have sex. And I remember I looked at her and said, no, you'll be okay. You're watching another year, and you'll be fine. The next year she met someone, and they were already living together. I said, you see? And the person was negative. So there's hope. It's, it's just you're not HIV. You are you. You have a soul just like everyone else. So how does your connection to being religious and thinking of, I don't know, you know, what denomination you belong to, but, but how does that help you living with HIV? Well, you know, I'm, I'm more spiritual than, than religious. I was raised Catholic, but I learned other things when I moved here to Florida, and I learned about Reiki, which is energy and, and Japanese healing techniques, and that helped me to bring my tissues up and to be happy and 
I believe in God because without him I can be here. So that helps me to keep going. What do you advise others to do about disclosing their status? You got to get to know the person at least a little bit and feel if, if it's worth for you to, to, you know, to tell them that you are positive. But if you're going to be intimate, definitely you got to tell them you're positive. But, um, it, you know, it depends on you. If you like this person and you think they're educated enough, you should tell them. Well, you know, it, it depends on you. I, people know here that I'm positive because of the kind of work I do because I've done campaigns and other stuff, and, and they even have an intervention tool that I'm a participant on it, and it's really cool. But if you were in a regular place and it's not necessary for you to disclose, what will you disclose? I think some people mistakenly worry that it's their responsibility, like what if they fall and they bleed or something? They're not very knowledgeable about transmission, so they think, well, I should tell. What's your experience been? Well, you know, I, I worked in the corporate world before, before I worked for the health department, and it was nothing related to HIV. I never told them, because it has nothing to do, if I'm a receptionist, why well, am I going to tell them I'm HIV positive? It's not like they're going to get it from the phone. So, you know, it's too, you know, you got to educate yourself and know what type of risk are you putting the people in? If you then think that you you putting people at risk, then you should disclose if that's what you want to do. Thank you so much for Thank talking you. with me. Thank you. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. Thanks for listening to This Positive Life. For more podcasts and other first-person stories, please visit us online at thebody.com. If you'd like to share your story, please email us at podcast at thebody.com.